The accounts shared on this podcast, including this episode, reflect the guest's thoughtful recollections and opinions of experiences perceived and occurring over many years, including childhood memories, which may be fallible and limited by perspective and trauma. Persons may have different memories regarding certain events. Mike, Richard, and Ken were the three sons of a love story gone wrong. Their parents had been high school sweethearts, and now they were filing for divorce. Dad drifted in and out of their lives, and Mom drifted in and out of a mental hospital. Well, I was just always told that, uh, I mean, Dad always told me that you're going to have to take care of things. Okay. You know, and I don't think he meant that, that I'm not, but it was like, okay, your dad, I have to go to work. Thus begins our second episode, Following the Archibald Children. This chapter takes place at Tradewinds, an apartment complex in Mesquite, Texas. Welcome to Kava. So when you went to the other place, it was an apartment complex, right? Right. Not, not very far from the home on Hula. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Okay. I do. And who did you live with there? We lived with our mom, right? I have, I have absolute memories of living with mom there. Uh, I mean, <laughs> clear memories of scary times with mom there. Yes. Um, and... Uh, but I do seem to have some memory of Dad being there, like overnight. Uh, I I don't I don't remember Dad ever. I mean, he would come in and check on us. I I don't even know okay, where he maybe was, that was at the time. Yeah, honestly, right. I don't I don't I can't recall whether he was living with somebody else if he rented his own apartment. All I know, he was a truck driver at the time, and he was making long runs. I guess he was making good money. And he had a, a, I guess it was a two-bedroom or three-bedroom apartment, that upstairs, downstairs. Oh, wow. And uh, Mom just basically... Wait, we did, right? Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. yes. I don't know what he had. I don't know what he had either. It was like my dad would disappear. Okay. And, he, you know, we, we like to think of it as he was just giving Mom a try. Okay. Um. In my older age, I don't know so much. It okay. was just like, you know what? I'm ready to disappear. They'll make it. Oh, and wow. so he would basically turn us back over to, to mom. Okay. And then this, the craziness would start, you know, and um, um, just things we should never have been subject to. And, uh, uh, and then he'd have to come back and kind mm-hmm. of quote unquote save the day, if you mm-hmm. will. But I was old enough to always think, where is he going? What's he doing? Mm. And uh, why has he left? Because mm-hmm. this, this ain't going to work. So here they were, three boys in a strange new home with their mother, who was trapped in a separate reality. Her mind became a prison as her mental torment grew, causing her sanity to flicker on and off. Their father, meanwhile, appeared and disappeared like a ghost. They were losing their parents. And so what you said, scary times with your mom, what did that look like? Times where 
and I'm placing some of what I understand after the fact on this, but that she wasn't able to get uh, prescription meds that she wanted to have uh, and maybe needed to have to, to feel okay. And she would just have a anger burst and I don't know, it's like she was kind of crazy it mm -hmm. seemed and uh, and threatening to us uh, and I guess you know we're kids I'm sure we were a little annoying mm -hmm. uh, as kids can be and if you already are that much on the edge mm -hmm. I guess it could put you over real right. easy and uh, so I remember times where Ken literally I don't know where he would get her into but basically hold the door so mm. that she was stuck mm -hmm. wherever she was so that she couldn't get get out out um, and I just remember I remember just thinking what I don't even know what I was thinking you know I, I'm, I'm what four maybe if mm -hmm. I'm lucky yeah and it's just life I, I just was kind of scared I know that right scary but I didn't really grasp yeah. That it was even weird for that matter. I, right. I just, I it's know. just how your family operated. Right. Yeah. So do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Ken having um, to... I remember the door holding. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember her upstairs uh, in her bedroom where Ken was keeping that, just grasping that knob so that she couldn't open it. I was, I was at least in second grade, I think, or maybe still in first grade. But Ken was a little guy. Yeah. You know, he's just mm -hmm. a, a young boy. Yeah. You know, and a mom would just, she she got on her prescription meds that were, you know, when we were growing up, we said, you got uppers or you got downers. And I always just kind of thought mom was taking downers. I wasn't thinking that then, but I just knew that she slept a lot. Okay. And whenever she ran out of whatever it was and she couldn't have it, it was either mom's out or mom's up and we should run in horror. Okay. Because you don't want to interact with her. Okay. We had a, a I wouldn't say a nine one one, but we had a a friend uh, that was he was my friend. His name was Teddy, but his yes. mother mm -hmm. uh, would make a drive over to the Tradewind Apartments, and she would take mom and us, and we would leave that apartment. We would go to like McDonald's. We did that a couple of times, mm -hmm. and mom would get her a, a, a little carton of milk. And she would start to calm down a little bit. Um, and that would work. I mean, it would work. Honestly, that would work mm -hmm. for a little bit. Yeah. We thought, okay, Mom, we're, we're through this mm -hmm. whatever. Uh, this this disruption, this, this whatever you're going through, you've kicked it, so let's just move forward from mm -hmm. here. But it would always be right back to prescription. I don't know if she was taking too many of them. Mm -hmm. And then she'd run out and she had to wait for whatever she'd get. Right. But um, she would just be up there in that bed. Wow. If we got hungry and said, Mom, can you cook us some food? Boy, she would just lash out. Okay, so she just didn't want to be... No, she just... I, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. Okay. Uh, Y'all fend for yourselves. Oh, wow. So your dad, was he aware of all of these things that were going on? I think he was. Her? Okay. I think he, it wouldn't have taken a rocket science to be, a scientist to be there for a couple of minutes and see where Mom was. As a matter okay. of fact, I can remember him a couple of times trying to get her up. Okay. And make her move around. Okay. Um, 
but I don't I don't remember really anything that uh, other than what would eventually happen with mm-hmm. her being committed. But in her fits that she would have, mm-hmm. it became violent. Right. I mean, it wasn't just leave me alone or whatever. She would literally put her two hands around our neck and choke us. Um, it was just, she. I don't think she could control what she was doing. She just, without her medication, the idea of functioning, she just wanted to stop. And I remember clearly she reached her hands, and I think she did it to Ken. I know she did it to me. I don't know if you remember it, but it was scary. Mm. Um, it was. Is, was that confusing? Like, this is my mom who yeah. is supposed to love me? I had a hard time even understanding how I should react to it. Uh, I just remember at some point, Mom, you got to let go. And, and Oh, I can remember begging to her, Mom, please, please, this let go, please let go. Um, we won't ask for anything else. If you'll and, and uh, please don't go get Ken again. I mean, we, and Ken was doing the same. It was absolute chaos and um, just horrific. It, as uh, a seven or eight year old, just seeing my mom, yeah. who we always she was always our ally. Whenever Dad was on us or whatever, she would be the one that would somewhat protect us. Right. But now even. And and we like I said we saw it coming because she was just not herself anymore. She mm-hmm. was just in a bed all the time. Ken was holding the door shut. Right. Um, Do you remember that? No, not that. Mm-hmm. Clearly, it's just still. I'm I'm still at an age where there's pictures. Right. Right. Uh, pictures of a knife at some point. Mm. Uh, don't really know what all that was about, but I know I was scared. And other than that, just pictures of uh, being outside. That was sort of our, I think our, at least to me, I I remember that was peace Mm. to to be outside. And I had a big wheel Mm -hmm. uh, that I just rode around that apartment complex. I think maybe you guys were at school and that's what I would do in the daytime. Man, I I don't see how you... I would just stay out on the big wheel. Then I remember one time, uh, those big wheels, they were made from, obviously, a plastic. And yes. I, I call it, I got a flat. Because, uh, you know, the back <laughs> wheels, you didn't, they, you didn't have any control over. But the front is where the pedals were. Right. Yeah. And uh, so I used to like to stop them real quick and yeah. try to slide. <laughs> and, of course, doing that, you wear that plastic out. And I remember it got a hole in it. And so then I was going around. Pacum, pacum, oh, yeah. pacum. But yeah. I just kept riding my big wheel. I did it in it. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I remember. Yeah, that's, that's what I remember is being outside was good. Unlike their mother, the three boys could escape from the chaos from time to time. They learned how to parent themselves, mostly by trial and error. The back doors of each apartment. Yeah. So we'd walk out our back door, and there was a courtyard of grass, which led to the back door of the other apartment. And their front door would be on another street on the other side. Yeah. But I remember talking, I don't know if Ken talked you into it. I know I definitely gave you some egg and on, no pun intended, yeah. <laughs> so that you would go out. And- <laughs> In my underwear. It's like, it's like to, me, it's, to, to me, it seemed like a football field in length, you know, uh-huh. but it, it wasn't. But it, w- it was kind of like, as I look back now, it's sort of like a, a World War One no man's land. Because you had your back door area, yeah. their back door area, but you would creep into no man's land. <laughs> and, and 
throw eggs on someone's in in I guess tidy whitey underwear. You were in you were in tidy whitey as as tight as they could possibly. I probably, probably had, outgrown those underwear. Yeah, but you were <laughs> with, probably with a towel in front. <laughs> but Richard, you got caught. Yeah, but then I just hid under the table. Richard, like, like they couldn't see me under the table. I was upstairs like an ostrich. looking down in the courtyard, and here's this bow-legged Richard in his underwear running out there, and, and, and he rears back, and all of a sudden he stops, and he looks, and there's this old guy that's caught <laughs> And you turned around, towel and all, and came running back into the house. And we just closed the door. And uh, there was the knock. And, man, that's that that didn't turn out well for us because Mom had to, mm. they called or something. You got it. And that was, what are y'all doing? Do you remember if, so I would go, at some point I started going to like a, preschool or kindergarten that was down probably just to the left of yes, the plate I glass do remember that. window. Uh, and I would go from there to the the Mr. M, I think is what it was called. And they would give me stuff mm-hmm. to eat. Do you know if dad had like prepaid them or something? Or I don't. I don't. Your neighbors maybe prepaid them. I don't know, but I know I wouldn't, I don't know where I would have gotten money from, but I know I would go there and I was supposed to get, they had these like barbecue sandwiches Mm -hmm. and then I could get me a Chico stick Mm -hmm. and that's what I would get. And I was supposed to take the barbecue sandwich to my mom as best I remember. Uh, I don't really remember what happened to them. Maybe I ate it all, but anyway. (laughs) Almost um, disappeared before you got home, Rich. Yeah. Uh, so I was just wondering if you had any knowledge about that. No, I, I didn't know if they were just nice to me or what. But I just remember you would come home with some goods, and uh, I didn't put two and two together. Like, how are you financing this underground <laughs> barbecue sandwich scheme that you have working? Yeah. Their dad did have a creative lesson to teach them not to play with matches. I guess I loved matches. And, of course, our dad chain-smoked. And so he was probably lighting them, and I just thought the smell after yeah. the sulfur or whatever yeah. burns off yeah. is so good. And uh, so I think we were doing it together, me and Mike, and we ended up catching, and this was at Hula. I, I, I now understand from Mike telling me. I was thinking it was a trade wind, but we caught the uh, trash on fire. Uh, and, of course, my dad learned of that, and I think... Either I got blamed for all of it, or maybe I really was the one that did it. It wouldn't surprise me because I love matches. And so he, as punishment, and dad was big on just busting our bottoms. That that was, but I don't remember that. Maybe, I don't know if he thought I was too young. I, I don't have any idea. But here's what he decided to do. He, he sat me down, and I remember that kind of dark, dark brown chair that we had for our table, table chairs, but... And he put like a trash can or something in front of me and said, okay, it seemed like it was a bowl of matchbooks. And he said, you're going to light all these, blow them out one by one and put them in the, and it wasn't wood matches. It was yeah. the matchbook kind. And you had to hold my... that together so that you get enough friction. That's to probably how I did it. Yeah. 
How in the world did you have the fine motor skills for that? That's amazing. I don't know. And it seemed to me like it was a ton. It was probably maybe six matches, right? I don't know. Uh-huh. Uh, but the message was given and, and taken and received. And I wasn't <laughs> don't in play with matches. matches anymore. <laughs> uh, so it was a very creative and good punishment. These boys would wander the apartment complex all day, doing anything they could to stay outside. One of the neighboring couples noticed them and realized what was going on. And there was some lady. Was it a, a lady couple? Yes, it was. A few doors down. Uh-huh. And I think they were trying, maybe they recognized things weren't good. And so they would open their apartment to us. Ben, they were refuge. Yeah, that's what um, I mean. I think they, I don't remember trying to talk to mom or anything like that. It's just, we were there in their house. Mm -hmm. Uh, I remember whenever we would run, and whether it was going to their place or not, if we just hid outside, maybe around a corner, you remember mom coming on the back porch and just hollering our names to come back? And uh, we, I, I can remember thinking when I heard, Mike, Richard, come back. I'm like, man. She wants us to come back because she's sorry, or she wants right, to come back right. to strangle us some more. Yeah. So we just, it was kind of like, you know, once you kind of kick the dog and you're asking the dog to come back to you, right. uh, the dog normally doesn't. And right. we, we didn't make haste to get back to her anytime soon. Yeah. Um, it was normally someone bridging the relationship and the problem that she was having at the time that allowed us the portal to come back in. Okay. And we would just hope that that was the last of it. But okay. it, it became apparent it was never okay. going to be the last of it. Yeah. They couldn't roam the streets forever. Eventually, their mother's mental health reached a tipping point. I can remember being so hungry to where uh, I opened up some macaroni that was not cooked. Yeah, you've told me the story. And I was, I was eating, eating that, yeah. and Mom walked down and... And it was she just she just broke down, and she just said, "Ma, what?" I said, "Mom, I." I so uh, now here's what she did. She didn't say, "Here, darling, I'm sorry." She just said, "You need to fill a pan up, and you need to put those, and and then boil them." And they get, and uh, I remember burning my hands so oh. bad. Ken, at some point, remember when he opened the shoes during Christmas and played with them outside because he wanted these new Adidas shoes? I do, and then he tried to re-wrap them. He re-wrapped them, but there was mud all in them whenever they reopened them. Yeah. And Mom got so angry. And, uh, but Ken also got some sweatbands. You know, you can wear your little sweatbands on your wristbands, you know, Mm -hmm. and it'd be like a quarterback. And I remember when I burned that hand so, I mean, it wasn't like I needed, I had a skin graft. But I remember getting that sweatband and putting it in cold water and just kind of wrapping it around. Um, and we were fending for ourselves. So some, at some point, she is taken. And I think that, and Richard, you'll remember this, maybe. I think the point of where something had to be done. Currently, what was taking place mm-hmm. was not sustainable, whether it was going to be Child Protective Services or right. whoever it might be. 
when my mom got into her Dodge Charger or Challenger, whatever it was, and as high as she was, decided that she was going to go down to this quickie mart, whatever it was called, which was literally, you would follow the actual street with the parking of the apartment. Yes. And it would come out to a main street. Yes. And you literally just kept going over the next hump into the shopping center parking area. When she cleared that street and went into the, the, the parking lot of the shopping area and literally ran through the pizza place. Like the plate glass. Right. I mean, she she claimed that the brakes would not work. And um, I can remember it having brake problems. Mm-hmm. But she literally ran through the glass, ran over the tables, and somehow stopped before she went and hit the people that were back there working. I, I don't know how anyone didn't get hurt other than her. Oh, wow. But she lost the majority of her teeth when oh, that wow. took place. And y'all were in the car? No. no. Oh, you were not in the car. Okay. So she was by herself. I just remember her coming back. I don't remember anyone coming to get us and check on us. But we're like, man, mom's been old. She's been gone a while. Man, that pizza's taking some more. But I remember uh, eventually mom laying on the couch with this huge swollen face with like one of those ice packs, right. you know, just trying to keep it swelling down. And it wasn't long after that that things changed. And okay. mom went to Terrell State Hospital. Did you stay there after your mom left? I think we we actually stayed there with dad. Yeah. He actually took us, or I remember him taking us to... Um, I guess it was Dormitory A, where Mom was in Terrell. Oh, wow. Okay. And uh, walking up to the third floor, a little waiting area, and then the nurse would come back and open that little waiting area and bring you down. And I can I can remember, like, me and Ken uh, now being asked to come down. And we could hear some, like, screams through the door that they were going to open and I remember walking down that long pathway and there were ladies that were just crying, help me, help me, that were like laying outside of maybe their room door. Mm -hmm. Uh, They were wearing their little slip-on like pajamas or they would tie around in the back. And um, the nurses weren't doing a thing. I'm like, these people need legitimate help here. But that was just part of the uh, situation that these ladies and even my mom Okay. Kind of found her in that. Right. Well, that, that had a profound effect on uh, the realization of where my mom had fallen to, uh, all of the, the the fits of anger that she would have with us, and where she was now. Do you remember that? Did you visit as well? You know, I remember going there, mm-hmm. uh, and it's just another of those picture memories of the being outside part. Because uh, the hospital was kind of a grand type mm-hmm. building, and so I have a memory of that uh, and the sunshine on the grass. Mm-hmm. My guess, and that's all it is, is they probably thought I was too young to deal with what you guys saw, or right? Because I right, I would think I would remember that, and I don't have any memory of that. I think there was. There was certain age restrictions. I I don't even think you got to come up. That's what I that's what I think. Because I remember like waiting out in the car and then that happening outside. 
Uh, okay, question about that for you. Is this a real memory or did I make it up? Did anyone ever get MD-2020 for mom? Uh, Either herself when we went, drove down to there's a little store kind of in front, you know, there's liquor and beer. So you have no memory of that. No, are you, are you speaking to when she was in the Terrell State Hospital? That's exactly So right. we were going to smuggle in some MD-2020. Absolutely. Uh, That's a memory in my head. Of all the adults that floated in and out of the Archibald brothers' lives, the closest person they had to a mother was probably someone named Maddie. Maddie was um, a maid that my mm-hmm. dad hired. Okay. Because he was over the road. You right. Know, and uh, she was the sweetest lady, but um, I can remember dad at least trying to take on the role mm-hmm. of taking care of three boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a culture back those days when that didn't normally happen. But my dad did, to his credit. Mom did get to come out with us. We actually had a picnic on the Terrell State Hospital lawn. Uh-huh. Uh, I can remember me and Ken and maybe Dad playing catch, baseball catch, um, and having a lunch there before we had to pack it up and say bye to Mom. Mm-hmm. So it, there was an obvious attempt at her, trying to help her get better from that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that meant we would ever come back to some normalcy right. or if he was just, man, we, right. I need to get these children and, and my wife some, some assistance, some help. Maddie came into the boys' lives just at the right time. She, like the lady couple, took them under her wing and saw them for who they were. I wonder if these gentlewomen all had something in common. Perhaps they could see these children because they knew how it felt to be invisible. Dad rented a house and took us to the metropolis of Balt Springs, which is even further south of Mesquite. Yeah. And, um, so, and, and Maddie came with us. Yeah, it's a ways. And I have such peaceful memories of there. And again, they're still just pictures, although in from my life, there's kind of things are moving in my head, in my memories, you know, with a, like a little stereo that dad got that was in a box that had a record player on it. That was on Marsha Drive in Balch Springs, listening to records with you guys, yep. Ken, Mike. And uh, so, you know, my memory is mm-hmm. forming better, mm-hmm. my brain, and of just Maddie and how Oh, peaceful. She made everything. Uh, and I would wait. The most sort of straight up memory that I have is waiting for Mike to get out of school. Mm-hmm. You know, because I didn't go to school. So I guess it was just me and Maddie at home. And I would go out in the front yard and wait for Mike because I guess she would tell me what time it is. It's almost mm-hmm. time. You might want to go outside. So I would be out in the front yard waiting. Mm-hmm. And when Mike got home, I don't. Don't remember what we did, but I, I knew I was bored without him there. So yeah, uh, it's a long day. But yeah, peaceful. Maddie, that was like a. I don't think we'd ever experienced that type of normalcy and and peace. Yeah, mm. dinners being made, she'd put them on the table. Uh, she would say, "Get, we're we're gonna pray before we eat." You know, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. I mean, she was a little heavy. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, 
she she talked with a slang, you know, she it was um but man, she had a loving heart to her. Mm. I mean, pancakes on Saturdays, uh her fried chicken mm-hmm. every other night or whatever. Yeah. Uh and just this idea of of protection that we had. There was there was some security mm-hmm. there. So it, it, it seems like she kept us in line though, right? Oh she I mean, did. She was... I mean she she said that, that that's I, I can't remember being punished by her often, but I, I can't remember you can't be doing that. You need to stop doing that. Matter of fact, why don't you just go on into your room right now and, and, and whatever. I mean It was I, just the way she said it. Yeah. That that was punishment enough. Oh. It, it's just the way she said it and it was loving, but uh-huh. it was there was no ambiguity with where she was coming from. Uh-huh. And, uh, so who was in the home? It was Maddie and Ken and y'all? Just us. And, and then it. Dad when he wasn't driving, I right. guess. Yeah. Wow. And so, that wasn't often. I mean, he, he would do what's called turn the gate. As soon as he'd get in, he'd come home for a couple, two or three hours, pack his, restock his whatever, and he'd go right back. And he would do what's called turn the gate. You get there, you turn the gate, and you go right back out. We didn't see him a lot. I don't remember seeing him a lot. So what ages were was this time period? I was in second grade. I was I was in second grade. Mrs. Hardy was my teacher there. Hodges was the elementary school. Uh, I remember that was the first crush I had on the teacher. Oh. Mrs. Hardy was very young. <laughs> oh. Uh, and I, I say she's young because I'm old now. But, I mean, she was a, a woman, and I was just... In love with her, uh-huh. okay? Um, so I would have been, I was eight years old. Okay. Yeah, that, that would make sense for me being five. I probably turned five in July. Right. And then you were seven for a little bit while I was five, and then you turned eight in September. I remember Richard being waiting for me to get home. I can remember us maybe breaking out some towels and just trying to do some Batman and Robin going mm-hmm. on. Uh, the capes. The ca- oh, yeah, the, the, the towels that we would have. Capes, and we, we had so. done that for two or three years, and we just would, that was something we loved to do. And, uh, but I just, I, I, I remember it being pleasant there. Mm-hmm. You know, it was good. So did you, um, obviously liked Batman. <laughs> did you watch a lot of uh, that kind of TV? We did. I did. Yeah, I did. I watched, Batman was like. He was it. I think Maddie would. Make sure I knew when it was on. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, that was Batman was the show. Okay. And the uh, Batmobile was, it didn't get the cool car. And you know, you have to kind of get a, a, I think it's only fair to have a little bit of a picture of Maddie. But so do you remember, and this may be from actual pictures that we have of Maddie or had at one point in front, I remember Maddie in front of a refrigerator. Uh, and she had on like a blue type. Did she wear the same thing pretty much all the time? Pretty much the same thing. Yeah, it was almost like a uniform. Like, yeah. Like a, a live-in made uniform. Like a blue thing with white apron. Mm-hmm. Uh, how old do you think she was? It's hard being our age now. And I'm going to say she was probably late 30s, early 40s. Okay, yeah. And, you know... Uh, I don't know. Looking back, I, I would say just because I'm going to overestimate, I would say she was like 50 because I was eight and I just thought she was old. That's the same but number. But I'm guaranteeing you she would have had to have been younger. Yeah. Uh, I remember I heard she was heavy. 
Yeah. Yes. Heavy African American woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, you boys gotta stop doing that right now. Yeah. You know, she was she was very southern. Mm-hmm. And um, now, now she did she live with us? She lived with us. Okay, I thought so. A new woman came into the lives of these children, but they weren't certain the role this woman would play. There was a time where I was introduced to Connie, mm-hmm. and she was like a year younger than me. And and I say it this way because how we how they came into our lives, I have no idea. I just know that there was a visit girl about my age, a little younger, and then I started actually visiting the house. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't seem to me like there were other people with me. You were alone at their home. Right, like I was taken over there to visit Connie, I think, was the... Okay. I remember whenever I would go over there, and I'm sure that I mentioned this to Dad, which may be why I became the... Oh. The bad guy for the rest of my life, but I would go over there, but I didn't really play with Connie. I cleaned her house. I'm five years old, and I'm vacuuming a house that I don't live in. Man, what is up with that? And I remember I would come back and I just, it was, it was just another thing. Right. Because, like Mike just said, what we had been through, it's like, well, okay, we're not really surprised by anything anymore. So, I mean, you know, there's no normal, there's no whatever. But but I, I, I knew at the time that that was weird, mm-hmm. uh, and I I suspect I probably maybe at that meeting about what you guys think of it I don't know but I, I I'm sure I probably said something like mm-hmm. it's kind of weird uh, I'm sure I didn't use those words but right but you remember that. I Being remember having odd. that sense. Okay. Yes, that mm-hmm. this is this is not right. Yeah. It's not right, and I remember, like I, I remember the feeling of it was it was nice to get praise for something that I did well. Uh huh. But it was weird that I was doing it at okay. all. Okay. So that was sort of this weird mixed message that I had in my head. Right, like a mind game. Yeah. But you were way too young to understand that at all. Way too young, but a few years into it, it all made sense to, yeah. to me. Uh, so well, lo- I wouldn't say made sense, but I got it. So looking back as an adult, you think that this was just a manipulation for her to be a part of your dad's life and then um, using you. A- absolutely. So. And just... Yeah, using me as a housekeeper. Never really thought about it, but you're right. I mean, uh, Helen said yes to Dad's proposal because because, <laughs> because, she, because she, of me. She, she would be there to <laughs> <Yeah. and> play <laughs> all the time. 
Richard, man, you must have been awesome. Yeah. I should have just performed poorly. And it would <laughs> have said, heck no. But uh, there's no question that in the summer of 1972 that um, there was a relationship that had formed okay. with uh, Helen, mm-hmm. um, who we knew. I mean, right. I knew her well. On the next episode of Kava, the role of this new woman becomes more clear. Thank you for listening to this episode of Kava the Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and that you will subscribe, download, and share this on your social media pages and with your family and friends. If you find yourself in a desperate place, it is our desire that you would be able to borrow hope from those who've gone before you and shared their stories. They have exemplified the meaning of Kava, learning to wait during difficult times to find an eventual positive outcome. I can't express my gratitude for my head writer, Rebecca Gray, and audio engineer, Meredith Douglas. I would not be able to do this without you. For more information, please visit kavathepodcast.com. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful day.